You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Angie, and in the studio with me is Mark Bird, who is the chairman with Revive Ohio. Hello, Mark. Good day, Angie. Last week, we started a little bit of a mini-series on transformed lives out of the Bible. Why do we want to look at lives that are transformed? Because Jesus met these people, he changed their lives, and they went on to do great things. This, Mark Bird, is our lives. Jesus has met us where we are, he has changed our lives, and we have to go out and do something with that life. And so... This is kind of an encouragement and a reminder of that. Yeah, and I love this story today, Angie, because it's it's going to be a look at a common man that we can relate to in many cases. My favorite in the whole Bible, because yes, I do relate to him more than any other. Absolutely. We're going to start today in Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verses 18 to 20. Now, Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. That's a common man, right? Blue collar all the way. Yep. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Then they immediately left their nets and followed him. So that's the calling of Peter. Absolutely. He was fishing. He was just fishing. That's as common and ordinary as you can get. (laughs) Peter was part of the family business. He and his brother worked this business. They were fishermen. They were out every single day working very hard. And yeah, just one day. Something happened. I like to go to Luke chapter five, which talks about the same story, but just from a different perspective. Luke liked to get in and find the details. He did the research. He talked to the witnesses. And this is what it has to say in Luke chapter five. Yeah, we're going to start with verse two today, Angie. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he said to them, put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Now, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night long and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men." So they had brought their boats to the land and they forsook all and followed him. So I I love both of these stories just from different angles. The things that we know that Simon was working, he was was working, he was washing his nets and all of a sudden this guy (laughs) just comes and sits in his boat. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I can only imagine him looking at him going, what are you doing in my boat? Right. (laughs) And Jesus is like, I need to preach. So take me out a little bit. Okay. I love the part 
where he tells him to let down his net so he can get some fish. Right. And he says, we've already been out all night long, but just because you have said it. So in that short amount of time, him listening to Jesus actually preaching from the shore, he realized there was something special about him. Absolutely. And just the mere fact that he said, do this, he decided to do it. And can't you fathom when this man comes and sits in his boat, Peter, who is a professional fisherman, had to have thought, well, who are you to sit in my boat? And now you're going to tell me how to fish. Can you imagine Peter being that kind of guy? Like, who are you to tell me this? But like you said, Angie, as he began to listen to him, he realized there is something special about this man. And nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do that. And then he has the encounter. When the miracle happens and they get all these fish. And what is his first response? He's a sinner. (laughs) Get away from me. Like, what do you have to do with me? Because I'm just a filthy fisherman. Honestly, I would do the same thing if Jesus was standing in front of me. I would fall down because in the midst of that light and that purity, how could I want my sin to be anywhere close to it? That's for sure. And that's exactly how Peter responded. But nevertheless, the Lord stuck with him and kept on encouraging him to participate. And then obviously said, Hey, drop these nets and come with me. Cause I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And in both accounts, Peter left everything he did and followed. And you got to remember he had a business. He had a family. I mean, later on it talks about his mother-in-law. So he had a wife and he had probably kids. I mean, he literally left it all to basically follow a stranger. He had just met. And all of his fishing partners, mm-hmm. right? All of these business partners were right there in at the scene experiencing this same thing, right? So he was forsaking all, it said in the end of verse 11 there. He, they forsake all and said, let's go follow this guy. All of them left. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He took the whole bunch. Wow. I wonder who was left to do the work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that makes you kind of wonder. All right. Well, this is a really great story of the way that Peter was before he met Jesus and then his reaction to having a transformation of heart in front of Jesus. Later on, I love the fact that he goes on to do incredible things. So with that, Angie, let's flip over now to Matthew 16, and let's begin to look at the Lord using Peter, right? So here's this fisherman, probably like most holy people would think, is least likely to succeed at becoming, what, a pastor, a preacher, a man of God, right? Well, they definitely don't see them as rabbis. They don't see them as anybody who has any knowledge. They're just Jews who work... As fishermen, there's no respect for them as a quote unquote rabbi or Pharisee or Sadducee or even a scribe. Yeah. And he picks up here in verse 13 of Matthew 16, says, who do men say that I, the son of God am? So they said, oh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But Peter here, starting verse 15, said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Peter, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And again, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Wow. 
So here is a humongous revelation. Now, Peter has encountered the Lord. He's walked with him, and now he fully understands. That's the transformation. I think this is the both sides of the coin, Angie. You know, the before Christ, and now look at what Peter has done as he began walking with Christ, and his eyes were opened to see who Christ is. Now, if I was to take this and to put it into modern times... It would be an example of many people who've been saved at the same time. And when Jesus says, who do you say I am? They say, well, such and such says you are this. And that guy says you're this. They don't even talk about themselves. But Peter, in his boldness, you know, what if we stood up and we said, just like Peter does, I know that you're the Christ, the son of God. How often in this world, in our day-to-day lives, are we challenged with this exact thing to stand up and say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. And we have to give that testimony. I think it's a really fantastic example that he stood out amongst all the other disciples and said, you are the Lord. I know this. And I'm going to claim it right now. Yeah. And the Lord made him bold. And I think that's one of the reasons that he called him. He's made him to be a bold witness. And that's exactly what Peter begins to walk out. He was bold enough to stand up and proclaim it. And of course, all through the book of Acts, we read about all the things that Peter did, right? With boldness. I think that's key, Angie. Yeah. I, I love this story. Like I said, it's a reminder to us to really follow his example. Our lives have been transformed by God. We need to make sure that we are bold in proclaiming it. If somebody asks, tell them why. Don't just say, well, I, you know, I keep myself doing the right thing. I try to do the right thing by people and I'm a good person. That's not what they need to hear. They need to hear that Jesus transformed my life. That's right. So, and he can transform yours. Absolutely. And so this is just another reminder as we move forward and telling people about the goodness of God and, you know, their lives can change just like these guys did. So that is the lesson today. We delved into Matthew chapter four, Luke chapter five and Matthew chapter 16. And of course, you can always just look for all the scripture that talks about Peter and see everything that it has to say. What a great guy. Yeah, we've just scratched the surface. (laughs) Absolutely. Friends, make sure that you are encouraged as you continue to read with us and explore what God's trying to say to you. We're going to take some time for a testimony. Hello, this is Mark Bird with Time to Revive. Today, I'm in the studio with Pastor Nate Wilcoxon, and we are talking today about transformed lives. You guys have heard uh, where we dug into the scriptures and we unpacked some really cool stuff in transformed life. But today, we have talked about Peter and how Peter was a transformed man. And of course, uh, we got to remember always that Peter was not Uh, When he was enlisted by Jesus, he was not a pastor or a a gifted orator, a gifted speaker, but he was a fisherman. And what did Jesus say to him? Follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So today, Pastor Nate, I want to ask you, uh, are you familiar with anybody whose lives have been changed and transformed by Jesus Christ? I sure have, Brother Mark. Do you know anybody that uh, like is real familiar with you that you could talk about uh, with like a full convincing story that no one could take from you? I sure can. We have a uh, we have a brother in the church. We had met at Subway and I'd seen him probably a half a dozen times and um, just in crossing. And uh, we was about ready to leave Subway. And I had my boy with me, Gavin. 
we was about ready to walk out and he was just getting there. And uh, I just started to share uh, the gospel. And in that, I started talking about catching things on fire. And uh, when I speak of fire, I speak of Holy Spirit fire. And he just caught on to that. And, um, and I invited him to come on a Sunday morning and he did come and he come by himself. And at the same time, the next week, he brought enough to fill two pews up. Hmm. The third week, he filled three pews up. And that brother still, that was over a year ago. He got real close to Jesus, man. And, and that fire saturated through him. And he's been on fire ever since. And he keeps growing in Jesus Christ, man. And he just allows the Holy Spirit to lead and direct him. One of the biggest evidences of, of his life, his testimony, is on a morning and uh, we always ask if there's a praise in the house. And uh, his sister jumped up, and she was full of tears. And and she she pointed out her brother. She said, that's my brother down there because he was sitting in the front. And she says, I've known him all my life. He's my brother. Hmm. And whatever he's got, that's what I want. And I'm going to tell you what, that right there, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that morning. And he told me, he says, that's how we're going to grow this church, one life at a time. Wow. And it's through the anointing of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And if people can't see the Holy Spirit working in you and through you, then what are you walking out? Right. If it's not walking out the Holy Spirit, then you're walking out self. And so people can't see Jesus if you're in the way. So with this brother, he loves Jesus with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he's walking it out, and I'm proud of him. And there's there's many others. I could I could go on with other people's testimonies in our congregation, and that I believe that is why the church is just blowing up, is because people are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh, and we're teaching them what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. So, Nate, a transformed life, if you were describing it, would that be one that would be evident to someone around them? Absolutely, because when people we sometimes when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, people start getting weird. It's real simple for me, you know. When people start putting on love, joy, peace, kindness, long suffering, patience, and given the nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, you see Jesus. Right. You see Holy Spirit. And if you're acting, walking, and talking like Jesus, like that, they will know that you are that peculiar person. Something is different about that person. It's when we start taking information and it becomes transformation. And the Spirit and the Word line up, precept upon precept. And when we take that and we walk that out, our Bible says that we ought to walk as Jesus walked. And when the church gets to that place and we're walking like Jesus, the world has to reckon with it. It's easy to come to church, smell good, look good, even talk good. But the other six days of the week when people go to work, and it's not so hot, but they still put on Jesus every single day. People have to deal with that. And I'm reminded of the scripture that Paul talked about when he said, be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind. So a transformed person, Nate, was one who had a mindset such and such like this before. But now your mindset yes. is transformed. It's different. Amen. Can you talk about that for a second? I sure can. Basically, what you're saying is what our Bible says, that we're to have the mind of Christ. So in order to be transformed, it's kind of like this. I can break it down in this terminology. It's, it's being like a, a, a vehicle that, that has a, a salvage title, mm. and it's took to the trash, and it's junk. But through Jesus Christ, he takes us. We're salvage titled. 
and he takes us, the junk and the funk and the trash, and he takes us and he says, you know what? I'm going to put you back in the shop. I'm going to restore you better than what you ever was. And he's going to take us and he's going to put that car, that vehicle back to mint condition. Mm, and he's like going that. to transform us. He's going to give us a, we might have a salvage title, but if you look in the Bible where it says salvage, right beside it, it's salvation. Mm. And so it is through the blood of Jesus that his transformation through us walking that out is going to transform other people's lives. That's the, that's the, that's the body of Christ. We're the embodiment of Jesus Christ. If we are not walking that out, then we're not, we're not being the body. So, Nate, that reminds me of a, a saying I, I've said before a lot of times that God takes trade-ins. When we finally come to our senses, really, which means we're at the end of our ropes, we trade in our lives, and Jesus gives us a transformed one back. Amen. He takes trade-ins. But, Nate... Speaking about what you just shared there, how do you do that? What's a, what's a practical way to actually walk that out? Well, I can use myself as a, a, a testimony in that. So basically, when people get saved, you know, they know that, they're, that God has washed them with the blood of Jesus, has forgiven them. But at the same time, there comes a place in time when the Holy Spirit comes inside of a person and you have got to let him rule and reign. So in order to have the mind of Christ, you have to submit all your wants, everything over to him. You know, Jesus said this. He says, if, and I always tell people to, to circle that, if you want to follow me, deny yourself and pick up your cross. So if we can't deny ourselves, then I don't know that we can truly follow Jesus. Because Jesus says that we have to do that. It's not someone else's problem. You're the problem. Mm. And so in order to get to that place, to do that, it's called submission. It's calling having a love for the Father. I love the Father and the Father loves me. And the prerequisite of falling in love is doing the will of the Father. You know, being sanctified and sold out to Jesus is, is a walking, talking testimony. And when I look at Mark Bird, you better start looking like Jesus because this how is an everyday everyday thing. How? I believe tomorrow he's going to say, hey, Nate, I got this place I need to chisel out of you. Right. So the closer we come to the fire, he purges us and he removes all the dross and all the decay, but he gives us strength and power to overcome through his Holy Spirit. So it's through those things that the Holy Spirit reveals to us that, hey, we need to change. Mm -hmm. You know, we once was blind, but now we see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's through that transformation of the Holy Spirit, the old spirit. The Bible says that all things become new, that you're a new creature in Christ. And that's either happened or it has not happened. So that's how I would define that. Get closer to Jesus. Get so real you would with say Jesus. that is transformation that is right transformation. there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. That's excellent. Well, listen, uh, we've had a great time chatting today about a transformed life and a personal testimony. And Nate, I'm sure you could share about 150 others uh, real quickly, but we're out of time. And my name is Mark Bird. You've been listening to Time to Revive here on Shine FM. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community supported Shine FM.